1: Hello and welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture, even box office bombs. <laughs> um,
2: he's, co- <laughs> he's coming in Are hot. Are we talking Power Rangers again? <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe we will see. Um, I don't know what to say now, I've just totally stuffed up my intro. Um, Trent here and great to have your company today for episode 337. Um, joining me today in the Toy Power Studio, we've got Scotty. Hello there. Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hello, hello. And today on the show, we're going to do a vintage toy line retrospective, mm. as well as hot takes part two. It's like hot shots part two. It was be- always the, the better part. one. Yep, yeah, it was a, a good one. And maybe some shout outs at the end. How are you, gentlemen? Going well? <sighs>
2: Very well. Very, still recovering from uh, the other week with the uh, the Flipside Barcade and the yeah. uh, Hack the Dino guys. I mean, uh, I I think all our names changed on the night as well. Yep. You, you, you're now Ponytail Guy. Ponytail Guy, Long Hair <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool cool cool. Yeah. Guy. Cool yes. Simpson shirt guy.
3: You'll take that. Honestly,
4: I'm so glad I wore that. I, I bought it <laughs> while I was in Queensland. Yep. I was like, it was an instant, like, oh, that is the coolest shirt I've ever yeah. seen. I'm going to I'm gonna buy that. I'm going to wear it to Scott's uh, for the Halloween sort of <laughs> right. um, yeah, thing. Yep, yep. And then it was too cold on that night. Yep. Yeah. I felt really bummed because I'm like, oh, it was such a cool, you know, um, open talking invitation. Piece. Yeah, talking peace yeah. and just, you know, entering into Halloween and things. I'm like, well, I need to save it for that right <laughs> night yep. when I'm going to see everyone again. And I thought, this is the night. They hacked the dino yep. live stream with everyone. And I walked in and, like, oh, I like the shirt. Cool you know, shirt. people <laughs> were saying, I almost bought that shirt. Where'd you get your shirt from? I felt like a mini celebrity. <laughs> like, well,
1: it was um, sort of, it was Kang. From the Simpsons, yeah. wasn't it, with the Maggie alien yes, as well? Yes. So, yeah. but black and yeah. with all the greens yeah, and stuff, like a button-up shirt, button-up, so, like no. formal shirt. Yeah yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. So trying to trying to enter that little, to not taking class. anything away from Davy. I was going to say is yeah. competition. Uh, no, no, just trying to <laughs> you, well, no, no, you dress can't. a bit nicer. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: can't uh, ever compete no, with uh, no, no. what Davy brings to the table. But very, it was a it was a great great night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, burgers were fantastic. Oh, i, I, and I,
4: then, I engulfed i golf Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad, uh, Frank. You said, oh, you need a side, Pick a side. for side, yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, the burger needed yeah a bit more filling. So yeah, but not, well, yeah, it was beautiful. I
1: went for. I thought we might just nibble on some chicken wings, <laughs> and I, I just like. I'll just get thirty chicken wings for us to kind of like after the burgers and sides. And gee, we barely put a dent in (laughs) that, did we? You
2: sure you didn't order order thirty chickens? (laughs) (laughs) They they pretty much were, yeah. What were they? Drumsticks
1: or something? Boneless, but uh, geez, very sticky. I I um, I, was—I—I couldn't even have my last beer. I was so full. I was literally, <laughs> yeah. I just had no more room in my stomach after that chicken debacle. Um, but no, nah, very good. Thanks, Ben, for putting and the Hack the Dino crew, Floppy yep. and Anton Braden, to all the, the guys at Hack the Dino for putting on a, a wonderful show. We enjoyed it and loved, loved teaming up. It's always always a lot of fun. All right, should we get into one of these? We haven't done one for a while. I'm I'm
2: feeling nostalgic. I had to dig out the sound and put it on the soundboard because it wasn't even on there. That's how long we've since it's been we've done this. So here we go. Vintage toy line by Chris You've got to come back with me. Just get those wonderful toys. Now you're an accent figure. You're a
3: muckling, aren't
1: you? And today the toy line is... From the 1995 box office bomb that was Waterworld, <laughs> where it had a line, it had a toy line, yeah. only only one wave, mm. right, as you would expect. Is that from... a pun? Because it's a wave. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh. you should hear some of the <laughs> puns I executed tonight. Um, but I I was a big Kevin Costner fan mm. growing up in my childhood. I went and saw dances with wolves yep. at the cinema no, was i remember fantastic. seeing that really yeah, really great, really great yep. film followed by robin hood prince of thieves that mm-hmm. was the big yep. one and he was he was a big in the 90s he was, a lady Costner, lady. Yeah, yeah. He yes. was like pretty much up there wasn't yeah. he yep. and and i think he might have even got a little bit too big for his own you know <laughs> bit kind of good intentions because I, I i hear he was like a lot of hard work on this and part of the reason the budget blew yep. out on this film because i think he had to get he, catamaran to yep. his Private he, island he would, every day?
2: Yeah, because yeah, there's obviously a lot of filming out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And, yeah, he didn't want to stay on a re, an oil rig or wherever they were camped out at and had to go get sent back every day because he was a, a little Hollywood star. Yeah. For,
4: for, for decades, this was the most expensive film ever made. Yeah. Uh, and not just because of Kevin Costner's sort of salary, <laughs> uh, because the big catamaran, the the base, sunk. Right. Oh, the atoll. The, 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 yeah, the atoll. so that, that That's sunk right. and then they had to basically rebuild, rebuild it. it. And make sure it was stable and floating again. Yeah. So all that money they sunk into the (laughs) (laughs) initial one, they had to then reinvest, and uh, it just the budget blew out. And then it wasn't; it was a bit of a Mad Max on water. Yeah. And it just wasn't received at the box office. I don't think um, could not come near the uh, payback that they uh, invested into this film.
2: My uh, my story of going to see this in the cinema, and I feel like I've told this on the show before, but it was a long time ago. We talked about Waterworld. Uh, I went was in Melbourne with my my Spanish grandma and she wanted you know, day out with, you know, however, what year did this come 95. out? 95. 95. So, I would have been, you know, somewhere around that 14, 15 year, years old. And so, she said, oh, let's go to the cinemas and that was the big movie. Yep. Just me and her in the cinema, to be fair. There oh, wow. Literally no one else there. Right. So, we wow. sat right at the okay. back and and she fell asleep cuz she did the old lady thing and yep. she's just snoring away like i moved an extra seat away cuz i'm like i can't hear what's going on and then i was like i'm just going to move back cuz i don't think i'm really missing much and she she woke up as the you know as the opening or the ending credits were coming up and she goes oh, that was a good movie, wasn't it? And I'm like, well, you clearly fell asleep. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah <laughs> so, so before we get what? into this toilet, let's yes. go around the room. What do we rate this out of 19? Given the fact we I've probably haven't seen it, oh, the film itself. I haven't, haven't seen it, seen it seen since it 95. D- d- well, a decade or so. Look, I,
1: I remember being hyped for yes. this film. Yeah. This is back in the day where you'd watch you know, morning television yeah, yeah. and they do like a full documentary on it. And yep. you just get the high entertainment yep. tonight. Yeah. Like, Cause it, yeah. it was a big deal, right? Cause it was yeah. a big budget blockbuster film. Mm. And when you think about it, you know, building, building a, like, it is crazy to think these days that you're going to build an entire floating atoll set out on the ocean. It's going to get destroyed practical. by a massive storm, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, all practical. Yeah. And, and I love that about this film. That yep. trimaran is an actual kind of catamaran. Yep, yep. And they had a lot of trouble. You th- can
4: actually urinate it and turn it <laughs> into water. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But just, the, the, you know, today it's it would be unheard of mm. to try and shoot something oh, the way they've shot this. Because you've
4: got, why would you? you, you would do it in that big, um, yeah. you know. Do it the, in the void. The void, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You wouldn't
1: yeah. even need any water, yeah. you know, yeah. that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, they're actually
2: yeah. standing in a little, like, paddle pool and everything else around yes. them is CG. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and
1: so I, I love that about this film. It's from that era, it's from that. To me that movie magic yep, time, where sure. they had to really really do it, and i, I like I say, I love kevin Costa. and i'm a I'm a sucker for post apocalyptic style of films, and this this concept it was sort of like edgy in a way, you know the polar ice caps that whole concept yeah, yeah. was a big deal, you know what it's, rising it's levels yeah
3: natural disaster yep. that yeah. would happen, Yep.
1: Um, so I loved it and I think that that first action sequence is a really really yeah. cool sequence I think the fact he's almost a bit of an anti-hero as yeah. well mm-hmm. yeah. the fact that you know he's the the that mutant, mutant. Yeah. and they don't yeah. like him yeah, and yeah. they're trying to yep. you know i i i like a lot of aspects of this film look I, I see its flaws and I see its problems but I'd probably give this a solid 15 out of 19 like i i I enjoy it for what it is. Yep. It was one of the very first Blu-rays I ever bought. Right. So okay. yeah, it's wow. got it's got a yeah. it's got a lot of nostalgia, and I know it's not the greatest film, but no, I've got this connection no. to it.
4: Mm. Yeah. Scotty, when was the
0: last time you probably saw this film? Give me a minute. I'm just going to check how many beers uh, Trent had. <laughs> to Give that a <laughs> 15 yeah. out of 19. Yeah. Wow. 15 Amant is vicious. very high. What yeah. did you give Street Fighter again? <laughs>
2: Three. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> That's kind of from that whole same movie magic era, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. look. I don't. I, I, all
1: uh, practical. Pre- production values you can't compare those sure. two. And oh, even acting yeah, quality. Yeah. It's got Gene Triplehorn. It's got Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is Dennis amazing. Hopper and is good as good as Royal Julia was in Street Fighter, Dennis Hopper is a is an absolute A grade actor. Yep. You know, he's he's top of his. And I think Costner does a a fine job for the character portrayal he needs to do.
0: Scotty, I reckon <laughs> I've seen the film once. I can only recall oh, yeah. having seen it once. Yeah, yeah. Um and I did, I actually sat and watched it. All the way through, without sort of mobile phone distraction and, and all that sort of stuff, and it was enjoyable for for what it was at the time. But it wasn't. It didn't take my breath away. None. It didn't. It didn't make me. It wasn't like Star Wars yeah. when I saw that for the first time. Yeah. Um, I have actually seen this, believe it or not, when I went to Universal Studios. Yeah, uh, yes. the the yeah. attractions. So, same. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, yep. and Joe and I when we went and saw this. We got in very early, just after the the last act had finished. So we got to see them sort of tidying up and packing up and that yeah. sort of stuff. And we noticed a huge spray of water in a certain section <laughs> of the, um, the, the amphitheatre. <laughs> exactly right. Don't <laughs> sit there. So we sort of took our seats. And over the next half hour, yeah. everyone else moves in and they take their seats. And everyone else is getting the same idea that <laughs> there's a certain area. Why is this section else... all wet? Correct. That's exactly right. <laughs> As the whole thing fills up, these are the only seats that are left over. <laughs> and you just, you know what's going to happen. And, and and as the whole stage show is going on, there's explosions yep. and stunts. Then the boats come out, the jet skis come out. They've got the jet skis, out. don't yeah. they? That's right. And yeah. these guys in this, it, it is it's actually like a-, a large water area that they're mm. working in. But the stunts that they yeah. do on yeah, these jet skis, space, they're yeah. doing flips. They're doing 180s. They're doing jumps. Water is just yeah, flooding yeah. out of this <laughs> tank and yeah. it is just saturating the people in these first four or five rows. Yeah. And then water cannons get involved oh. and they're getting sprayed <laughs> onto everybody in the audience. So that was wonderful. That was really, really great experience. In terms of 19, uh, maybe a 12.
3: Yeah, honestly, That's a 12. it's probably more it is, a,
0: it is very well made. It's an excellent production film. They've really gone hard, but... And it just, it just missed the target overall.
4: Yeah. Mm. Well, given that I haven't seen it for 10 years and uh, I don't intend to revisit because I like sometimes my rose-tinted glasses are better, you know, memories than what, you know, actually occur. You know, seeing it in today's eyes with today's mobile phone distractions and mm. things. Uh, I reckon I'd give it a solid 14 out of 19. Yep. I, and I'm, I am agree with Trent. Like, I love that. A unique aspect of the world flooding and things. I believe that's, you know, something we should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, something that no other movie has really touched on bar maybe an animated film or something, I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, it was just so, you know, Mad Max and water, as I said before. I, I thought it was so cool. Um, yeah, I you know... Given the fact I haven't seen it for so long, I think it'd be you know a really cool film to show the um Ollie or someone you know yeah. the DVD crew to yeah, uh, really yeah, pick it apart and um, yeah so yeah
3: yeah
2: I I mean I'm I'm gonna have to sort of go middle of the road and say eleven because I I don't have any. uh Awful memories of it, but it, we're literally talking nineteen ninety-five, so coming up on on twenty years ago, I don't have much memory of that. No, thirty years ago. Almost thirty. Jesus. Almost 30. <laughs> I don't have any memory of time apparently <laughs> yeah. either. So um yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say eleven because it's a thing that got made and I saw it, but I don't remember a whole lot more about it. Well, one thing
1: I remember if we just have a look at this slide. Really cool. This is a a Universal Pictures logo that comes up, which is that spinning globe, if you can picture it. And as this movie starts, it zooms in on the polar ice caps and they slowly melt away. And then as they melt, the land recedes and it basically turns into this water world. And from there, Frank, if you go to the next uh, PowerPoint, it actually, this is is quite a funny story because as they zoom in and the waters... Envelop the land. Mm. These clouds all so- suddenly appear, and you float below the clouds, and you're in Waterworld And the, the mm. title card comes up. But they were like, if you look at the Universal logo, there's no clouds on no. it. Like, where, are the cl- where are the clouds coming? You can from? see
2: clouds from space usually because that's they right. sit in between your view of the land. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's and I how- thought, I thought that was that was fantastic. <laughs> They're just like, we need a transition to actually get to the water clouds. Yeah, but
1: but to me that was just. Yeah, I remember that to this the very day. In. That yeah, zooming in fair. on the melting, and I thought that's probably one of the best it's a clever transitions style, yeah. from yeah. Um, a, the logo. Uh, the logo. And, and the other one I, I always love, Scotty. You might know what I'm talking about. Here is the Indiana Jones films always do that transition yes. from the yeah, param, yeah. Is it the the mountains? Basically, the yep. uh, whatever they use, and and you know, you'll,
2: it fades into the the actual mountain, actual mountain,
1: like. River Phoenix at the start of Last yep. Crusade. Yeah, so I thought, yeah. but this is this is my favorite. So big shout out um, to that moment. So heading on to the toys, it was a Kenner toy line. I love this era. I love what Kenner was doing. This is pre Power of the Force two, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So this is yeah, obviously Star Wars is gone. They're doing all sorts of lines, Kenner. They're trying. They're trying to whole on
2: the next big thing.
1: Yeah, I reckon they've done. They've done things like Congo. The con- wow. like following Jurassic <laughs> World, yep. uh, they, Jurassic they, they, Park, they've done they've Aliens Congo, and Predator, Aliens, yep. um, the Shadow. Yep, they even the shadow, did the Shadow wow. with like Alec Baldwin. Yep. Is it Alec Baldwin or one of the Baldwins <laughs> yes. in the Shadow. <laughs> and and I just love the fact that there were so many kind of like films that didn't yeah. work. Yep, and they only ever Check got one wave. There, yep. And so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this year. I love my Kenner, and I I almost sort of collect kenner of this year like i just yeah. I, I love the i love the figures it's a snapshot in time snapshot in time so they got the license and and clearly this was a big box office this could be in the next star wars potentially mm. and they um released the line as part of the part of the movie now this is a it's quite a small line so it only ever got one one wave as i said before mm. we've got essentially six basic figures two like Vehicle figure packs, which are the kind of like the jet skis, those sort of things. And then the the big play set, um, which is the Tri-Moran, which is a, a we'll talk a bit about, but it's a very, very cool um, toy and play set. Um, each of the figures came with, you know, you think to lines like Batman, because obviously Kenner did a lot of the Batman um, figures, and you think about like having missile launching features. Yeah. But they all came with like a, a fish. And the fish in Waterworld, they're all, like, mutant-sized fish. Right. So, we're going to get, like, a whole heap of these cool mutant fish. So, like, some really, really cool accessories. In,
4: just on that, in the movie, did we actually see much fish? No, from memory,
1: <laughs> From memory, there's one scene, right, where he goes fishing off his yes, trino. That's ram, right. Yes, that's right. And yes. he catches this, this massive kind of creature comes out yeah, and, he, okay. and it's this... Weird looking oh, yeah, he, puppet Yeah, he's thing. the bait. Yeah, he's he the bait. He puts as himself as the bait. As that's the right. Bait. And yeah. they <laughs> catch it, and then it yeah. cuts to them kind of yeah. like eating. Yes. you know, yes. Fillet. Um. Yeah. But I, I think
4: that's about it. Yeah, they didn't really mm. uh, go into that sort no. of sto- of the storyline. It was more about man against man type thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Um. So, interestingly,
1: we got. Deacon, who is the main bad guy played by Dennis Hopper. He he sort of loses an eye in that early battle sequence. So mm-hmm. the Deacon figure you get has an eye patch. There's Nord, who is, I think he's the um one of the bad guys, right? He was played by Jared Murphy in the um in the movie. And then the only other good guy you get is the Atoll Enforcer, who was played by RD Call. And then you get the different versions of of the Mariner. So you get three different versions of mm-hmm. Kevin Costner as the Mariner um and then when you get the the two little vehicles one of those came came with another uh, berserker smoker mm-hmm. and then the other one is the Kevin Costner and the trimaran from memory doesn't come with any action right. figures so it's just mm-hmm. it's just the vehicle so we'll just go go on to the next slide and you can would have a little bit of a look at what these figures look like now just have a look at the the card art first and foremost it's it's I think it's a really nice design, right? So you've got the Waterworld logo, which is done in this black with this sort of orange background, and then you've got Kevin Costner in that very sort of derelict. You, you know what that yeah, reminds uh, me uh, of? Decadent. Clint Eastwood style. Yeah, think,
4: yeah. of, um, think of Watchmen. Uh, think yes. oh, yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. of the Black Freighter. Yes. Yeah, that artwork from the Black Freighter. Tales of the Black Freighter or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's sort of the, the top of it, um, and you've got kind of like the atoll in the background, but it's very like... Off in the sunset, and then the figures are placed in front of water, yep. which I think looks really cool.
4: Now, I think off air, when we, um, I think last night, when we were at the, well, the other week, when we were at uh, Barcade or whatever, when I picked yep. you up, you talked about this line have sharing parts from other yes. lines, right? right. So we've, you've just popped up the um, the figures on the, the card art, you know, on the packaging and things, and the Boa Attack Marina. That weapon is from the Predator line. That's the, uh, uh, you know, Uh, renegade or Predator or whatever. He has that weapon to shoot missiles, and it's just dubbed with a bit of sea marine, um, you know, uh, artwork or whatever, you know, sculpting. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, the
1: the question here I've got, so you've got, there there we've got, I've got Adol Enforcer. Uh, He comes with a a mutant squid. These are all like mutant, mutant animals. Um, the bowler attack mariner, as as Ben said, that that bowler weapon borrowed directly from from predator. predator yes, mm. um, with double claw launcher and mutant eel, and then Deacon, and and I just. This one is a classic, with disc firing helmet. Like yeah. when you're putting on a helmet, yeah. you want to fire discs out of your helmet daily. Don't you? Like yes. yeah, and like, it never appeared in the in the movie. Like,
3: this day.
1: but can anyone tell me where that accessory comes from? Because they borrowed it. From mm. another. It feels action like
2: figure. Batman. Like, it feels yeah. like something you could, you could. With Batman and all his gadgets, he could get away with
0: that. All right. Flick That's to That's my guess. Is, but. That, but. is next... that a Two Face, maybe a coin firing operation? <laughs> I like yeah. Yeah. I like not your a thinking.
2: Bad theory. There you go. Infrared Batman right. from the animated series line. A- and clearly, you know, it's
1: they've added the barnacles and the nautical <laughs> theme. Sure. So it's not an exact. Yeah, you know, maybe they totally resculpted it, but it is the. The genesis of that the same yep, feature yep, yep, is yep. directly taken you can, from. You can see
2: Batman. the chest plates where you know your your abs would be is the same what, sort of front piece. Yeah, between uh, the two, obviously there's no Batman logo on it and it's cast in different color, but yeah, there you go. It's it's brilliant.
3: I I <laughs> love that reuse. Like I
2: think it's it's fantastic. And there might be some some more as we go through. I was just you talk about inspiration going back to these sea creatures, how they're all cast in a single colored translucent stuff. The 2003 turtles when They did a series of you know undersea figures. I'm like, well, they're turtles, of course they can swim undersea, but anyway, put them in big diving suits. They all came with. I've, I've got in my like tub of accessories, I've got like a, tra- a purple translucent shark, one come with an octopus. And it's, I saw those and went, oh wow, that's almost identical with right. like stylings of, of yep. what they did. Yep. Like, you have to wonder if someone at Playmates wasn't a fan of uh, of Waterworld at the time, yeah, so, yeah. It, it, it,
1: and, like, for a, for a toy line that's pretty obscure and not very collectible, mm. they're not a bad toy, like, when you think about it. Yeah. Like, the, the sort of effort that's gone into the accessories, missile firing, um, colour palette that they've chosen, even the likeness. I mean, it, you can tell that there's a Kevin Costner resemblance for yeah. 95. Like, it's not splitting image by any means, but it's that sort of caricature. Oh, and Ben's just passed me the Predator... Scavage, scavage yes. oh, predator and the there it is yep. same same launcher <laughs> yeah but um, with
4: the the water world one has more barnacles yeah they've, they've, they've it, obviously so...
1: like re-sculpted yeah. over the yeah. top of it yeah um, with those barnacles so that's fantastic and then moving on there's the hydro stinger mariner power bow, bow mariner and I know Davey I think um, often la- like when he sees my water world collection he yeah. looks at power and he's like what a waste of space like there's <sighs> Kevin Costner packaged on one side and then like Three of these missiles just kind of like taking up the lion's share of the yep. room. It's 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 like really they have crammed a lot into these bubbles. Yep. Um so Powerbow Mariners how
2: how what sort of scale are these figures? They're they're like
3: four and uh, a half, and a half. And yeah. yeah. You're, okay.
1: you're kind of like a Batman figure. If you think right. Batman pretty kind much Batman, they're they're yep. the same era as um I think Batman and Robin. I think or, mm-hmm. or Batman Forever. They're of that kind yeah, of era. Okay. Um, so, very, very similar. They'd fit in quite well with any of those sort of lines. Um, and then Nord, he's one of the um, smokers, I believe. And he comes with one of the coolest mutant crab accessories. Like he's, <laughs> it's like a, a crab that would just bite your neck yeah. and uh, look, your head would come off.
4: Look at that bazooka.
1: Yep. That's and classic. He, he's got
0: it. He genuinely has an extra claw hanging out of his butt, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does. <laughs>
1: it's what happens when you mutate. It's no has to mutate. Just,
4: just pinch it off, mate. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> For the kids listening at home,
2: don't don't try that. Um,
1: and and then we head into the the vehicle pack. So there were these two vehicle packs. And interestingly, what I love about these is they packaged them on the blister card. Yeah. So it's yeah, they they right. the way they did it was and and the. If you think about kind of like that Batman Forever line, they were putting some pretty significant even like the Batman Returns line with your favorite Ben the um the Aqua the Batman. The Aqua yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah, it's they, all in a bis- blister. All in a yeah, blister yeah, and some yeah. pretty
1: some pretty significant yep. vehicles in there. These are probably a little bit bigger than than the Batman accessories. They they're probably a bit longer than a figure. The Smoker comes with his Thunder Ski. Um and Wave Ripper you get um, for the uh, Kevin Costner figure. So So just
4: on the smoker, aside from the colour palette that they've used, it's more bright colours and things. I think that's pretty accurate. From my memory from the film, you could easily army build that and uh, look pretty cool. And I respect where respect's due. They've actually got a photorealistic... action of the figure going through the waves yep. with their you know 9095 CGI technology yep. <laughs> and um I think that's really cool <laughs> like and it looks like it's got you know missile firing action he's got room for his um you know orange gun his uh you know Tommy gun or whatever mm. the hell that is uh yeah I I think it's pretty cool. The, uh, the, the base of that, this is Kenner, right?
2: It's Kenner, yep. Is that not like from Piranha from Mask? I reckon it is. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's a reuse. <laughs>
4: Quick Google it.
2: I reckon that. And it's even got these They've obviously modded it to put the big the, the big handle and like stuff. Like the
1: sidecar for Piranha. Yeah. It, oh, does, yeah. it does. It does.
2: <laughs> wow. That is a <laughs>
1: brilliant call out, uh, Frank. And it's got these um like blade fins that look like they, yeah, pop, out they pop out at out the, the back, side, yep. which um that that is incredible, yeah. Uh, that yeah. Oh, look, just,
2: we've just got some images here on the phone, and it looks a bit more sleek the the Piranha, but yeah, the, the color, color schemes, the color, are, scheme, the color schemes yeah. are not too not too far away.
1: That's uh, that's incredible. <laughs> and then uh, moving on to the the Piece de la Resistance, I think you'd say from the Trimoran. and and I've got a, a shot there just of the actual trimaran mm. from the film and we'll take a look at the toy in a minute. But if you think about it, it's got the hole down the middle and then two kind of catamaran um features off to each side. Mm. Um and then there's some rigging which is like a net that kind of yes, joins head. it all together. Yeah, you yeah. join and stand. Um so the toy, right? Let's let's just go through some of these features. Because I I think this is pretty cool, right? I think you you even if you don't like the movie and even if you don't like the line, you've got to Go, hey, well that done, Kenna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, putting out a really nice toy. So it's got a extending mast. So I think the way the mast works is basically extends midway up. You can mm-hmm. kind of move that that mast up. 21 inches tall, right? Complete with a sail. And the the sail, this is the bit I love, right? Like the sail can fold up and the boom, which is the bit that comes, you know, off the main mast, out. Horizontally, horizontally out, yep. that can actually go down into the hull. So you can oh, fold it away. Get it out the way. Get it yep. out the way, right. So I reckon that's just brilliant, brilliant engineering. It's got the, the spinning power blades, right, which, mm-hmm. which rotate. They're sitting on the mast. Three different multi-position gunner turrets. I think two of them include the spear launching. So yep. they're like rocket launchers. And then one other just kind of like play accessory. It is almost 20 inches long. It's got the actual netting feature. You've got like a, a kind of, Errol Flynn style of um, swing-down feature. Uh, you can yep, attach yep. him to the mask and there's a little Drop down, cable. Yep. And he's got his little um, peeing into his lemon plant. Nice. No, <laughs> no. It's a standing he control. It, he? he does. He, he turns it into, yeah, yeah, into, into drink water, and then yeah. pours a little bit on his, what, lemon plant yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and and the standing control unit at the back. So let's let's take a look. Now, this was the, um, the box that it comes in. Again, that kind of really nice paint style of the of the Mm, toy which i think is a really really beautiful um uh box design and there it is um with all the different different features and i reckon my favorite feature of this thing you can see release sail and boom from decking like i think that is just absolutely uh, a brilliant feature and and look at the detail on the it's got that kind of rustic look, well, like it's been hobbled together.
4: Respect where it respects you. The colour palette could have been bright, fluorescent colours, yeah, giving it was 1995. You, yep. you, you you know, going up against Toxic Crusaders and things, and they released a sailboat, don't yeah, sailboat yep. and things, sail barge or whatever you call it. And this yeah. is very rustic. This is, you know, hobbled together. It's your purples, your browns, your maroons. Um, Which is like the ship itself. Yeah, it's hobbled yeah, together yeah. So, with what they could find. Well, yeah, well done. Uh, because they could have gone such a wacky looking, com, com, you know, yeah, design. Mm.
1: Yeah. it's It's got touches, you know, like the the gun turrets are kind of like more of an orange. Yes. So it's got yeah. that toy palette toy without, got, yeah. like you say, without being out of control. Mm. Um. Unproduced figures. It makes sense for a line that was this small to maybe have some Stuff. unproduced figures. Yep. And, and there probably were a couple of key main characters that never got included in the line, including uh, Helen, played by Gene Triplehorn, in in this um, figure. So, what's really interesting here is that they had a painted prototype. Clearly, the movie didn't do well, and the, the action figure line would have been clearance quite quickly. But it almost looks like they've used some sort of like Star Wars blaster. Um, yeah, to go it does, to go with her, it? I don't know. Go, it, I couldn't pick it as an actual blaster, mm. but it's very much got that flavour. Mm. And I
0: don't remember. Did she use something like that in the film?
1: I don't remember. Mm. But I thought that's a, a a really nice.
0: She
4: certainly didn't look like that in the no, film, no. facial wise. No. Um, there wasn't real uh, face technology back in nineteen ninety-five. No. So it's like but, someone
0: yeah. carved a potato or something like <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that one's not the the greatest likeness. Um. Success and failure. Well, look, I think it's pretty obvious this line was a, a a failure. And look, it if you don't put out a good film, the toy line isn't going to stand much of a chance. Mm. I also sort of wondered, I don't know if this was like, like you said, uh, Scott watching it, it didn't have that kind of wow oomph factor. I don't think this really would have appealed to kids. Like No. I, I mean, so maybe seeing it as 13, 14-year-old, mm. you're probably okay, but I, I couldn't imagine any sort of seven, eight year old sort of sitting through this. It, it probably no. wasn't a film for... Like like Star Wars can yeah. capture yeah. that younger generation. I think it's
2: also like if you take it out of context of kids who haven't seen the movie, that explains your your mutant fish and your missiles that are bright yellow and stuff. That's their attempt to really hmm. draw kids in who haven't seen the movie. You know, you're right, a seven-year-old's not going to sit through a movie like that, and but they might be drawn in by the...
4: The bright colors and stuff. So. But also, 1995, this was the testing era that we can market Robocop to kids. Yeah, we can market yeah. trauma films oh, to kids. 100%. We can, Predator, Aliens, yeah. Predator, you know, all, all these R rated films, Terminator, even, you know, the heart of uh era of terminated like these were films kids weren't allowed to watch but they inspired to hey we can buy the toys and hmm. live vicariously through, through the action toys. figures yeah, yeah. Uh, and um yeah so maybe maybe it flopped because it was that m rating that people were seeing it that oh it's not actually that great or vice versa but um you know the r-rated films were like oh it's it's a taboo to yeah. see and i'm going to you know the only way i can see it is through the toy line so
1: mm. mm. yeah yeah look it, it obviously so the the popular i'd say the popularity of the movie obviously had an impact on the toys um and we talked a bit about the film's budget overruns and and poor box office performance and that may have sort of impacted the the success of the toy line um we talked about that the floating atoll that that sunk mm. um and but they, they there is a bit of a cult following for this now like i think it it has kind of a bit like maybe like the master of the universe film it sort of sits in that that cult do you um,
2: think we're in line for a reboot? Like, if if you okay, let's let's do a yeah, DVG. The, the yeah. conception of it, I think,
3: is I think 100%. you're right.
2: Yeah, I think you know. I think the concept would probably hit home now more so than ever. Sort of thirty I, years later. Yeah, long. I'd
1: see. I I would see this as like a say a Netflix or a mm. a, a binge or whatever. You know, something a, a season. Scale, yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, television show. Who's who's,
2: who's your lead? Who's doing a Costner?
1: I don't know. I mean, uh, my my first went to Pedro Pascal. I just sort of he is very topical at the yeah. moment. <laughs> I've I've seen artwork of like him
2: doing a... doing all of members no, of the Fantastic Four. No, yeah. <laughs> don't trigger me, please. My favorite was Johnny Storm, and even his mo was they had a little little fire coming off of it. Great. I've seen it.
4: <laughs> I I think after the success of what we saw from C, I'm voting Jason Momoa. Ooh. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, that would work. Yeah,
4: he'd be good in a post-apocalyptic type. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. Mm.
0: I say it's Waterworld. Thirty years on, Kevin Costner comes back as a mariner.
2: Oh, you could do that. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah.
1: Um, what was this up against in '95? I think that's That's, a really interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting um thing to consider. Uh, it was Batman. That's Batman Forever. It It was Batman Forever. Kiss from the Rose on the Grave by... 95,
2: what a time for movies.
1: And Toy Story got its debut yeah. in 95, yeah. which had a wonderful mm. toy line tie-in as yep. well. But look, I mean, you compare... I've just got a shot here of... And we know because we went through Darren's that collection and he had all the Batman carded yep. figures. Yep. Um, It's a huge line, that Batman Forever line, for, for a movie that, again, is probably not one of the strongest in the Batman universe. I tell you what, though, in that Batman... Lineup that Batcave from that mm. film, the one the tiered yeah. Batcave yep. is is one of the uh, most impressive um playsets I've sort of come across. So, other other things, other things that were released, I I don't remember a lot of merchandising from this, but there were um Ultra Fleer cards uh, that you could was get. was big for cards, it was Everything big, was wasn't cards, it? Yeah, um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, uh what else did we get? The the Universal Studios theme park show that yeah. Scotty and I uh both remember seeing. Um I said there I put I saw it at Waterworld, but that was that's um that's I reckon I saw it in the US when I was at mm. Universal yep. Studios. Yep. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of um and that would have been Circa. It was odd because we were in uh when were we there? 2000 and Eleven.
4: Yeah, it was a year after. When I were went. you in yeah, San Diego? Twenty ten.
1: Twenty ten. Yeah, so I would have been there in eleven, and it struck me as really odd that they were still doing Waterworld. I'm like, well, twenty fifteen, it's still there. Is it still there? That's when we went
4: there, yeah, and I right. was like, Waterworld, okay, flashback. Uh-huh. I remember like, thinking the yeah. same
1: thing, going, oh, why that? But yeah, but, but, but still it was trying a, to
4: recoup some of the money. yeah
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still
4: but it was a cool cost like, salary. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, that's right. Yeah. It
2: was a cool show. Yeah. Um. No, it was impressive. Like the the effort and you know the yeah. pyrotechnics and yeah same thing I was like let's don't sit down the front like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah. but the stunt work in that show is yeah. just next level like yeah. to see guys jumping off of these multi story things into and, the and, water and, yeah, and, yeah it it really really was uh, quite amazing
1: yeah. yeah that's it what a world and and I don't have the complete line I've got it I've got most of them I was just got to go back and check I think I'm missing one of the the mariner figures. Um, and Davey will never let me sell that line. Wait, will we, Davey <laughs> I was going to ask
2: because just... you, you, you've moved on stuff like your Golden Compass, which you could argue sort of fits into a, a similar sort of. Because uh, nah, Golden we,
4: Compass we... doesn't have a Kenner nah, title Kenner. against. Uh, that's uh,
2: okay. the problem. Because so because yeah. it's Kenner, it's it's
1: it's safe. Oh, uh, it's safe. Right. I, I love my Kenner era, even. And, and then the nostalgic, and, and like I said, I love the film. I enjoyed the film. Sure. It's not my favorite film. It's sort of for me in that kind of like the shadow, all yeah. those sort yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got nostalgia for yeah. it. Do so. you
4: remember any of the toys when when the film came out? Like, do you remember seeing them on the toy shelves? Do you, did you buy any?
1: Didn't buy any. No. So being ninety five, I would have been high school yep. age. Yep. Um.
4: That dark period where you weren't buying. Yeah. Toys. But I, <laughs> I definitely saw them on yeah. the shelves.
1: Yep. Yep. Um. But it was more of a. In retrospect, go back yeah. and kind of round out what Kenner was doing in that era. I yep. found it fascinating and I, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money because I had to import all this of stuff. Course. Like yeah. it was all imported from TASE. They weren't super expensive. Like lines like The Shadow and Waterworld, you could get relatively Relative, cheaply. Yeah. But, you know, still collecting these many, many Kenner lines mm. did take a fair bit of effort and a fair bit of dollars on the import. All right. We're done. It's time to get into our next segment.
3: Hot takes.
4: <laughs> uh, classic. I think we're getting better each time. <laughs> think, I'm raising the bar.
1: I missed the like. Uh, I think I missed the kind of the in.
4: No, that was, was cool. It, was, no, it no, it was perfect? Hot
1: takes is back for a second instalment. We got to try to get through the rest of the questions. How long have we got on the... on the? We'll just uh, churn yeah, on 20 we, minutes we or so. We've got 20
2: minutes or so. Okay. Yeah, that's good.
1: All right. BC Talk starts us off with Planet of the Apes is better than <laughs> Star
0: Wars. Controversial, hey?
2: I would say... Older Planet of the Apes movies, uh, uh you, Charlton, Heston, Charlton Heston obviously the, in the, the classic one, yes. and then they got a little bit silly after that. Mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. you could argue Star Wars got better from episodes four, five, six. Yep, uh, that no, in, in terms of those old movies don't hold up compared to the old Star Wars movies. The modern Planet of the Apes oh, stuff, they're amazing, killer amazing yeah, movies yep. and there's certainly a case to be said much better than some of the the disney era you know stuff that's come out from star wars i think so i uh, uh, i half right is what i'd say yeah.
1: it's it's an interesting comment i look i think i haven't seen all the modern stuff mm. um i went through a real vintage planet of the apes, apes phase where i went back and watched a lot of the the old ones did and Ken, i thought
2: did it, kenna make that line too
1: no, <laughs> I reckon it might have been like a Mego sort yeah. of one. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, Mego, yep. then
4: Necker. Necker, Because yeah. Yeah.
1: there was a, before the kind of what we're calling the modern reboot, there was sort of a hybrid one there with Mark Wahlberg. Yes, yep. there was. Yep. Right? Yes. Oh, Which definitely. I remember yes. going and seeing it at the cinema. Yep. sort of before the I guess That was the kind Tim of,
4: Burton. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, and was I, fantastic. I, I, I
1: really weird. enjoyed it. Like, I loved mm. it. It starts off on the space station. He sends down his monkey friend and then there's the whole... Um, and it ends on that kind of, yeah. you know, like there's a, there's almost like, it's not a post credit sequence, mm. but the ending is like, so good. it's a really great, yeah, yeah. I won't spoil yeah. it just yeah. in case. <laughs> but I, I think there is a very good point. The modern movies that I've seen are, are, are of a very good quality. And I think Andy Serkis Andy does Sircus the got money. It. Yep.
2: Did he get an Oscar for for that, or as part of the? Because he did the like the motion capture, and I think even the voices for it. I don't, maybe not an Oscar, but he he won yep. awards for mm. it because he brought a, a character to life. Essentially, yeah, there's a new one coming out yes, as well. There is.
4: Yeah. yeah. I, look, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I, I mean struggling with this clearly. Look, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting. Yeah, like better. How do you judge the quality? Look, yeah. obviously in terms of its cultural impact and and all of that. I don't think it has the same impact. I think for its time, obviously it predate the the first one predates Star Wars, yes, doesn't it? it, does. it? Yeah. 60s, 60s, yeah. 60s yeah. yeah. Um, I I think it was it had a it had a cultural impact. I think and it was a big yeah. sort of sci fi yeah, impact.
2: That, that and that, e- Ma- that matte ending, painting, that yeah, ending that, has been like you know echoed and parodied in, in lots of things ever since. Yeah, Damn, Dirty Apes. Mm. But yeah,
1: I just I don't think you can
2: compare it. I don't 70s. I don't think spear I think it's 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 a tech thing. Spears and, yeah. and, and guns just pales in comparison to blasters and, and lightsabers. Yeah and I'm really right. like and, and I'll I'll
1: rewatch Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, you know, multiple times. Whereas I've got no real need to go back and watch that original Planet mm, of the Apes. Like yeah. I just wouldn't put it on the same quantity. Yep. Um,
2: I, I'd be curious to hear
4: what uh you know Ollie Ollie Danger's got to say mm,
2: if he goes back and revisits yep. that. There you
3: go.
4: Well, in my in my household I I definitely remember going to the, you know, buying VHS and things and my 3-pack of aliens back when it was just 3-pack, you know, yep. alien 1, 2 and 3. Uh it was sitting right next to the 5-pack of Planet of the Apes, like in 3 in the form of 3 VHSs. And um I never bought uh Planet of the Apes. I did rent them and watch them and thought they were pretty amazing. And then when DVD came around, I was pretty quick to buy them the box sets. So yep. I've got the box set of um, Planet of the Apes, and I freaking love them. I love the new ones. I love. I definitely um, have a high appreciation for the Tim Burton one. And just um, to cut this all off, uh, my kids have watched all the original seventies, sixties, whatever Planet mm. of the Apes. They have not watched all the original Star Wars. There you go. So, yeah. oh, okay. There you go. Something Easy in that.
1: talks. Got it. It's got something there.
2: Scotty, you want to take mm. us through this next one?
0: have has said there should be more animated shows and movies with new characters and stories for the star wars universe the skywalker solo era should end
2: yep uh yeah, that's yep. just that that's probably what the discussion that's happening in the Disney uh boardroom right now because they're probably a little bit, you know, yep lost on what they're doing. I think the Verse is the new yes. hotness when it comes to Star Wars. There's gonna be some sort of movie that ties in all his, you know, Mendo yeah. and Ahia and all that. that sort of stuff. Yeah. That that's a thing. Um yeah, but I uh, it's hard. I, I in the same way that, you know, franchises that have been around for as long as Star Wars almost feel compelled to hark back or at least reference the old stuff because the the 30 40 year old fans are the ones who are going to you know write nasty comments on the internet and start flipping tables if you don't mention my favorite ex th- character from from 30 years ago so uh, it's yeah. a hard it's a hard line I, to walk I, I get
1: it but from a pure storytelling point of view it's got be let fun. let the baggage go right yep. the, just yes. just play in a new sandbox using the things we love about Star Wars, right? That's fighter planes, it's force powers, it's lightsabers, it's interesting character dynamics, beautiful designs. Chuck that in. Do it. I'm a huge advocate for Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, pick, pick, pick that. a thousand years. Just distance yourself yeah. from any of yep. the canon you've got and tell a completely new story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what I that is what I want to see next. I want to see them have their own take at High Republic or the Old Republic or just pick something else.
3: Mm.
4: I'm a huge fan of the Star Wars Vision series. The little what are they, 10, 15 minutes yes, uh, yeah. arcs and things. Some of them go nowhere. Some of them, you know, start middle end within 15 minutes. Some of them leave you on cliff, uh, you know, and things. I love them because they – and I love the different animation as well, that, that, you know, everything styles, from almost claymation to basic animation to CGI to, um you know, hand-drawn, everything. And that was – very refreshing to see some of those story arcs and things some of the you know the the siths and the or the the characters that are very peaceful and natural and then all of a sudden something's happening and they have to they're part of the bigger world because someone is up and an up and coming jedi or whatever um so I, i'm a big fan of them and i think that's where have is drawing from you know yep. those mm-hmm. those are uh, uh, and they they don't break any of the movies you can Never see them, and you're none the wiser, or you can see them and be like, "Wow, there are so many yeah. universes yeah. out there yeah. that need and stories that could be told." So, big fan of them, um, you know. So I can see where he's coming from with this comment.
2: I mean, Luke Skywalker said it himself in in you know the movie that everybody loves to hate on, Rian Johnson's movie. You know, sometimes you got to burn it all to the ground. You know, and, and that's what I took from that scene. That I know, you know, throwing lightsabers away and all that, I get that. But that scene was all about speaking to the fans, going, you got to let this go. We got to move on. Yeah. And some people don't like that. Yeah, I would say
0: Disney were too hasty once they acquired the property to get a film into the marketplace, that they didn't have a plan of attack to continue the saga. And maybe they didn't need to continue the saga mm-hmm. as. Trent said, "There's more value in a prequel prequel. Let's have a look at yep. how the Sith started. Yep, there's
3: Love an amazing
0: idea. amount of extended universe to get to where to work yeah. with, and you can cherry pick all of that great content, and you could do a whole trilogy based around here's the Jedi, he becomes a Sith, mm. where that all originated from, and." There's so much lore and exciting stuff to experience there. Yeah, I think that would have made for a far more interesting trilogy. And, of course, inside of the expanded universe, there are so many characters they've worked with and expanded there as well. There's movie after movie if you want to sit down and write it properly. Take the time. Yep. Yes, yep. take yep. the time.
4: Yep. Well said. All right. Jay Harps. Action figures have no right being the same price as fashion dolls when the fashion dolls have the same articulation. Mm-hmm. They are bigger and have more accessories for comparison Monster High and Marvel Legends. Yep. Yeah.
0: Spot before, on. Sorry, before you guys answer that, I had vibes from toy anxiety yeah. there. We yeah. were doing sad comments <laughs> of the week. Just, weeks. That just, was just was great. a bit of uh, Jacob uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: inspiration. Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. I'll get I'll cue some piano music up <laughs> yeah. next time. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we touched
1: on this last episode with John with John Caulfield. Hundred yep. percent. The 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 fact that a mythic legions with all those cloth goods can come in. You know, less than an Ultimates. Yeah, you know, le- less with, than
4: with a Star Wars figure that's got a blaster. No head. Yeah. No different heads. No hand accessories. Yeah. Nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean that. The, I know the Black Series probably are a little bit cheaper than a, a Legions. If we're talking, le- say, yeah,
2: Legions. you are talking thirty seven US. Thirty seven
1: US. If you go in kind of early. But geez, Marvel Legends but and
2: your Black Series are set you back
1: what twenty five ish now for US. Well, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, I, but, yeah.
2: Exactly. Like they're coming up to what 50-60 dollars Australian which is which is comparable yeah, to 37 right. US. Like it,
1: it's it is odd and I get it on the, the like I must admit. I mean, I I enjoy looking at Barbie dolls. So like I'll go into the Toy World, I will look at the stuff I look at and then I just love to have a look at what they've got going in the Barbie mm-hmm. doll aisle. And you look at some of those and you go look at the fine detail what on the materials for that, right for that money yeah, yeah. And, the, and i'm talking sort of like I'll, I'll go into a toy world they'll have a nice cabinet with barbie with a lot of the exclusive stuff and so those aren't necessarily your cheaper um mass market stuff but they're almost they're almost comparable and it, it is odd isn't it like mm. and some of the bar like we we bought um my niece like a wedding pack for christmas or, mm. or for a birthday it's got Barbie and Ken, wedding dress, wedding outfit, and two brides, kids. What are they? Um, flower girl, flower yep, boy. Yep, yep. So four figures in a pack, all with the cloth goods, all bigger than action figures, as Jay's saying. And the pack was like on sale like $30 or something, oh, $40. Like it, was, wow. it was just yeah. incredible value. Yeah. Mm. It, it does make you wonder. Where where where's, where's the, that money going
2: it, when is, you get a you, as you said you get a stormtrooper with a blaster I know like, Mattel
1: essentially own Barbie from hmm. what I understand there's probably very little royalties if any that are going out and Hasbro are probably paying you know a big mo- absolute to, mozza to, yeah, to Disney, to Disney. Hmm. but it, it just doesn't seem like the best value really when you break it down I was sort of astounded looking at the quality of the new wave of Mythic Legions yep and just comparing it to probably what some of the other guys do. I know, look, if we compare them to Super 7, it's hard because Super 7, again, is in that smaller space. But, gee, has Brian Mattel. I don't feel like we're getting value for money.
2: Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's not a hot take, Jay. That's, yep. that's fact. Yep, that, that's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to our mate, Matt Teal. He has said, with so many toy conventions, secondhand dealers and Facebook sales groups slash posts, is dealer-to-dealer purchasing artificially inflating the cost of vintage toys? Whew. Ooh.
4: I, I tend to disagree because I think I've got some pretty good deals through dealer-to-dealer be- before the place is opened. Right. Uh, mm. Before, you know, um, it's not sometimes what you know, it's who you know. Uh, yeah, but I
2: think what he's saying is that if you were the sort, and I'm not accusing you of this, but if no. you were the sort of dealer who you've gone around a Brett's before oh. doors have opened, right. yeah, yeah. he's going, I'll buy that and oh, you're my mate. You can have it at a discount price. And, and then, then I then put it on my table. You put it on right. your table. I mean, dare I bring up the old Skull Tank scenario. <sighs> <laughs> Do
3: you know I'm what I mean? I feel like that's down. what... Yeah. T- and yeah. he's used yeah. the
2: dealer-to-dealer thing is one example of it, but he's saying, you know, and, and I think... The, the example I would give is that you look around your marketplaces and and you would get tubs of ninja turtles that someone's clearing out from, you know, their shit and it's it's twenty bucks for the lot. Now people have worked out and by virtue of some of these things Matt's talking about, it's it's twenty bucks for one figure because yeah. people now know, even your average person who's not really into toys or whatever, they go, Oh, this is twenty years old, therefore it's got I don't know what the value is, but I can put that price up. Because you know they they just want to move it on, but they they know there's a market out there. They might might not fully understand it. They might not price it accurately, but they know by virtue of the world getting smaller and more connected with the internet and all that fun stuff, there's a market out there. So I'm going to put a price out there and and see what what comes back. So. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. I feel like the the cost of vintage vintage toys is just forever gonna skyrocket because of that.
4: I think it 100% is always gonna skyrocket. But you know, taking a little bit of what uh, we saw with Hack the Dino, you know, they presented themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a twenty dollar challenge. What did everyone get? And um, you know, the three other lads aside from Ben, you know yeah they they were able to um quadruple their money or whatever mm-hmm. you know some of them made a hundred and eighty two hundred bucks or whatever yep. off the twenty dollar challenge, which is fantastic but ben ben being the ruthless you know <laughs> um a d h d dare i say person that he is right he he was relentless, you know garage sales you know from Saturday morning right through to Sunday night, you know. Yep. Driving up to where did you go? Murray Bridge, even yeah. you know, um, you know, just constant uh estate sales and things, you know, just constant hard at it, you know. What was the final crazy. figure again? Over he, three grand. He so turned he
1: twenty bucks into like three thousand two hundred and something yeah. worth of stuff.
4: So yeah. I, I think I think if you're willing to put in the man hours and things, because you know I'm, I'm the same. I used to go to savers all the time. I used to go uh, and and do a lot of hunting. Yeah for every time I found a wicked item that I'm like cool I'm going to tr- triple my money I've spent $5 and I'm going to make 20 bucks off this mm. there were 15 other times I don't want to talk about because yep. I've, was I've wasted hours and hours and hours of my you know precious time uh finding coming up with nothing right so I think there's some some part of that has to go into the factor of well you know I've done I've I've visited seven places and I've come up nothing. Mm. On the eighth place, I've found something I bought something for five bucks and I'm gonna flip it for fifty, you know, type scenario. Yep. And that, that's all got to come with the price tag because they've they're out there the hard hunting all the time. You know, there was one time when I was working night shift, um, wherever I was working, and uh right next to uh, where my workplace was was save so I'd go in there at midday every day before my night shift, three p.m, night shift, or whatever started. And you know, by Thursday of that week, I realized I've seen that guy mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he's eating his lunch. he is here every day, and if that's one week out of the calendar year he's probably doing that out of 40 out of 52 yep. you know weeks of the year it's probably this is his time to oh I'll, you know this is my lunch break I'll scoot to savers or hunt there you know it's just it was a real eye opener that yep. there are people out there hunting 24/7 and uh if you've got that time and you're willing to sacrifice that time out of your uh, day um, of course, it's going to come at a premium price on the sales market. Yeah, look,
1: mm. uh, what I would say is on this point, what I've sort of noticed, vintage toys that are kind of finite uh, or, or very collectible, they they have a market value, right? And that will move and it will kind of, you know, you look at a Scare Glow, it's always been a valuable toy, mm. You know, it was a hundred dollars mint on card back in the late nineties and now it's probably, you know, thousand thousand. Right. Yep. So it's been it's always been this, and you can chart it, and yes, it's gone up, but it's got a market value. So you find a scare scare glow, you know what it's worth. It's gonna a loose scare glow is gonna with the cape and the weapon, it's gonna mm. sell for five hundred dollars. Carter's gonna sell for a thousand. Now, if you're in the game right so and, and there's no disrespect to people that are in the game so this could be a, a hunter you know going around in their lunch break picking up stuff and selling it on marketplace well this could be you know a, a mum and pop uh style of secondhand toy store secondhand dealer if you're a bigger dealer and you've got a presence in your marketplace you are gonna attract estate mm-hmm. sales you're gonna attract people wanting just to clear their collection in one fell swoop yep. And as soon as it comes to you as a dealer, what are you going to put it out at? You're going to put it out at the market value that has sure. been established for that. So I think by definition, you know, like if I go in the Adelaide market and I'm going to try to get my hands on these big lots, right? Big lots of vintage toys, these pearls of collections. What what hope do I have of getting my hands on them? When there is a dealer in the Adelaide market that has a physical toy store. Hmm. that has a presence that is known in the community and people come to him with their collections. He'll, he'll work out a price and then he'll on-sell them. Now, as soon as it goes through that dealer channel, Gone are the days of you going and stumbling across to, to some extent. Yeah, I mean, you might find it at some estate sales. Or yeah, you might yeah. be lucky sometimes. The odds are low. But mm. it's it's going to funnel through and it's going to hit that market value back when it goes onto the market. So I think the in my mind, maybe it's that's an element, what, what Matt's saying, I, I agree. But I, I think it's more that if if it funnels through a dealer, it comes out the other end at its market price. eBay at its market price, pretty much. So yeah. that's just... That's just the way for limited items that people want. That's what we have to pay to get them. And And that's constantly moving upwards.
2: And I think those dealers that you talk about, they're now so much more accessible. You know, 30 years ago, an estate sale happens and someone's got to move on a big bulk collection. They would have struggled to find some of these dealers you're talking about because they don't know the names of them. They don't even perhaps know the toys that they're looking at. How <laughs> looking do you at find the information? Pages, on, you right, know? exactly. Yeah. Their yep. fingers do the walking. Now yep. Yep. you can Google it. You could even take a, if you don't literally know what you're looking at, take a photo, reverse image yep. search it. There's the value. And go backwards from there. Like it's the information is making it so much more accessible. And yep. that's where the value comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: All right. Moving on. David McLennan has a hot take. David, Collecting pop vinyls. <laughs> well, that could be a hot take on its own. It? <laughs> Davy says collecting pop vinyls is the same level of cool as collecting empty energy drink cans.
2: All right, before we go any further, Ben, take
0: now- this.
4: Just <laughs> as of this recording, so we've just read out this amazing hot take from Davey, and, and I tend to agree. However, he's contradicted himself. Whilst it might not be an energy drink can, it is still a drink can of some sort. And, of course, the Australian, as I think it's even South Australian, established company of amazingness, Halls, yep. he's uh, pretty chuffed and, uh, you know, spruiking on uh Instagram, hey, I just got a three hundred and seventy mil can of fruta and uh I bet it still tastes good in this can he's saying um you know so he's he's you know plugging his uh amazing well, that's find, full of,
1: that's got fruta in it
4: do you reckon or is it old because it looks like it's, it's, an, got old rust. Oh, an, it's an old can. that's an old can
2: yeah, yeah. It's a... so so Davy, you can't have your fruta and drink it too much <laughs> like, that's that's what's happening
4: here or or in you know playing Davis advocate is it only cool if the drink can is still full maybe uh, yeah he does specify empty drink empty cans. drink right. can and uh, look I, i'm
1: um i'm getting callum a pop for christmas actually facilitated through uh scotty here mm, he's yeah. um purchased callum's favorite you needed to get the pop culture order sure. up up over 100 so to get the free shipping so i i put in an order for the lapras now that
4: what what is the A, a, a Lapras? Lapras is a Pokemon, right? Um, right it's okay. like a sea Pokemon. Oh, it's it's, not, so, a pharm- it's like a, not a pharmaceutical drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drug, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, And I know a lot of people that it, this is uh this is how they collect. This is how they connect with the pop culture that resonates with them, and and I I respect that. I think I think it's like good on them if you can find something you love and it's in that format. That's great for you. Um, whether I mean. For us, maybe as nostalgic action figure collectors, pops don't have a massive place in our in our heart. But I think we can we can appreciate that people want to bring into their house those properties that they love, mm. and pops give gives them an accessible and relatively affordable way to do that and amass you know yep. those sort of yep. those things they're passionate about. Yeah. is that cool? Is that, that as cool that's as that's a really is, good,
2: a, is that fence sore up your ass because you've done a really good <laughs> oh, job of sitting on it.
4: No look. <laughs> I, I, it's definitely separating disaster. <laughs> yeah, kind <of> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I think it's.
1: I, I'm not personally a massive pop fan. Yeah, but I can appreciate that people get enjoyment out of pops. <laughs> that's fair enough, isn't it? Like that's I'm, fair.
2: Oh, that right. is fair. <laughs>
4: all
2: right,
1: man. My ass is sore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna clip that audio out and make that my ringtone. Um, <laughs> with this comes from. Uh, Chris fresh any uh, uh, look we'll we'll get into this one i reckon Jeez. the uh, the power rangers mostly suck the move from cartoons to terrible live action shows is one of the 90s worst aspects and leads leads us to next mutation which is also unforgivable and chris i know you love how we say this often on this show but 100% 100% <laughs> correct I, I don't know if I've told this story on this show before, but I back in the days of forums and people arguing which is better and rah, rah, turtles versus Power Rangers. And people wrote in these massive essays and, oh, the turtles have got terrible hygiene because they live in the sewer and all this sorts of stuff. And, and the one that got the, sort of the most votes is like, well, the turtles are named after painters and then Power Rangers are named after colours. What do painters do with colours? They wiped a the canvas with them. Yeah. End of story. Nice. Right, mic drop. I was like, "Thank you." Uh, no. Yeah. And having heard, of course, Geek Dudes and Davey's uh, review of Power Rangers, yeah, you know, I, I kind of figured, like they did, that Davey would be the defender, much like our crossover with um, uh, Street Fighter movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Davey had to concede that the Power Rangers was terrible. Um,
4: Still a great listen though.
2: Oh, soundtrack wise, yeah, that's probably it. It's no, so. Sold- no,
4: the, the episode is still. A, oh, the episode. A, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a loud, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, look, I. Yeah. I. Moving into live action, and the, he's, he's 100% right when he brings up Next Mutation. They saw the success of the Power Rangers, or we can do that. No, you
4: can't. And they yeah. didn't have the backing of Jim Henson's uh, oh, feature design. And it tells costumes it's and so hard to do on yeah. a TV budget. Yep. yep. And, and Power Rangers
1: really only made it work because they spent the cheaper half of the budget mm. on the American kind of college, yeah. you know, well, high school f- scene. Fifty
4: percent of it was well, already just, filmed. It was already yeah, filmed. Just, right. just, bought, just a super cheap, and that was the expensive stuff. Yep. It
1: was all the action stuff. Yep. yep. Uh, look, I, I, think I'm not a, a massive Power Rangers fan uh, because of my age. Mm. You know, I didn't grow up with it. So, but I, I, I do like the toys. I like the designs. I've got a lot of the the Ultimates. power rangers ultimates i've got a lot of the lightning collection because i I think they look great Hmm. i think the designs are nice and i think the figures are cool and i love the toys could i sit down and watch you know 80 episodes of the the show now as an adult no if i'd grown up with it i'd have probably the same nostalgic connection i have to the turtles Hmm. could i sit down and watch 80 episodes of fred wolf now probably no (laughs) (laughs) And, and i love that property um so, look, I, I think that show probably was okay if you grew up in the right, if you watched it. Oh, I look, honestly, I think e- yeah. If you w- watched it as a seven or year, eight-year-old, I think that you could enjoy it.
3: I think Next Mutation suffered. Even if you
4: watched it as a seven or eight-year-old and you think Power Rangers is amazing, even in today's you, back at uh, you know age, you're like, ugh, rose-tinted glasses, yeah. I can watch could, it. Today yeah. you yeah. couldn't with yep.
1: the the way that technology has yep. gone, I yep. think. I think it would, and it's
2: interesting now when you've got stuff like Avatar: The Last Airbender coming back as a live action series after a live action movie bombed some years earlier. I, I think if Power Rangers was to be invented now, I think it would be amazing because they've worked out the formula of how to do live action fantastical live action that you just couldn't do we, no we, you couldn't do you it know, back then right for yeah, the we, budget we 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 spoke about the the waterworld stuff and how expensive some of that was to do live action you could do almost the same movie and it would look 10 times better and be half the cost because yep. you're not filming on the ocean so same sort of thing like power rangers is a product of its time and where it came from and there's the whole history of where that comes super from sentai. the super sentai yep. stuff and 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 all that so yep. it's yeah but for
4: for me like I grew up with Voltron and I know Super Sentai uh, is older than Voltron mm. but I grew up with Voltron watching that as a cartoon that's all I knew I didn't have the japanese influence to you know show me this Super Sentai the, my japanese influence is Astro Boy you mm. know the Mighty Adam. uh and so I grew up with that and then when I saw power rangers it took the tv uh, slot of ninja turtles and things so it sort of killed that i I think that's a huge part of it yeah as 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 most of us here sorry scotty yeah we were just
2: like we're turtles fans and what's this yeah they're they're ninjas but that's about all they have in common like there is that 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 instant animosity well, and i know this, yeah,
4: this teenage mutant ninja turtles my morphin, morphin' power rangers, rangers I mean, right if, it that. felt like yeah. a
2: ripoff and and yep. like shout out to leanne hannah i know who's a fan of the show and a huge power rangers fan uh she still does artwork I still follow her on twitter and she's always pumping out all this um uh, power rangers stuff look it does have its fans and, and i think that speaks as you said trent it's a, it's a different era i think if we're having this conversation with a Leanne Hanna or a or Jay Harps, these sort of people who seem to sort of skew younger than us, then they'd be saying, What the hell are Ninja Turtles? Like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's- I, I,
1: I think it's very much a product of, of when you grow up and when you consume it and yep. what it means to you at the time. Um, so,
4: yeah, look, and, and so
1: fresh, yeah.
4: I think Fresh 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 is speaking to us. Yeah, he has. But also, mad respect for Power Rangers for constant, Light Transformers for constantly reinventing itself. Yeah. For continually, um, you know, we've got the vehicle Power Rangers and the dinosaur Power Rangers and and Space Force and Ninja Force and all the different versions. You know, so there's a lot of Power Rangers for for the a lot of the eras that we just, you know, we're looking at girls and things like that and looking for jobs and things there was another power rangers you know thing and um power rangers the unemployment edition yeah <laughs> and, and one of the more recent films they had the uh yeah the, reboot some of the film. original characters that. that was good that was uh refreshing yeah. to to watch i i thought that was pretty cool um so yeah respect respects due but um I agree with Fresh.
2: Mm-hmm. Who's going to take this last epic one well, from Brett?
4: From Brett. Well,
1: so this is, it, it probably leverages a bit off the last hot take that um, Jay Harps put in. Sure. So Star Wars is amazing, full stop. Get off your effing high horse. <laughs> if episode four to six didn't exist, episodes one to three would have been seen as masterpieces by the same people. And the same with seven to nine. They're brilliant. Solo, great. Book of Boba Fett. If the history from books and comics, etc., wasn't there to compare his personality to, which isn't canon, that's a great show. The universe is massive with billions of stories; it can't all be Darth Vader chopping his son's hands off. <laughs> I, I agree. Like I, it's so, the same sentiment well, as Jay. It's I the same sentiment. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I agree. You want to tell other stories, mm. um, and that's an interesting way to think about it. If four to six didn't exist, and you watched what one to one, mm. if, you know, one to three came out, you'd be like, oh
4: my. God, yeah. Like this is Jedi I, great thought. for that. Time. I still yeah. think Darth Maul is one of the coolest villains in the world. Yeah, General Grievous doesn't get enough praise. Yeah. Like he is amazing. Some good yeah. villains. Yeah, but,
1: but I, I think I made that point that the novel, the novelness of Star Wars. How do you, you know, how do you recapture that magic when you're doing one to three? Like it's a, ch- it's hard, yeah. right? It's hard with any sequel. So I think that that's that sort of comment is is right i think if you did that with most sort of amazing properties and you took out the first one you still say well the second one is there i still stand by i, I went back and listened to that podcast i still stand by i think there are some quality issues and there's some there's some storytelling issues with the way yeah. some of that works i think as well like book of boba fett yeah take take boba fett and the characterization what, how you perceive him out. He, of what he
4: hasn't said is the mandalorian in there Right, so I think if if we just got Boba Fett and without the Mandalorian, right. we would have a higher yeah. ap- appreciation uh, right. that's of that's fair.
1: Boba Fett. I I agree with that. Um, I think, look, with Boba Fett, I don't think Tamura Morrison is the best Boba Fett. That that's just me. And look, I'll be honest, I don't think he's the best actor for for me. Right. I think he's kind of there are some amazing actors. You look at someone like a Pedro Pascal and you look at some and I think Star Wars has cast some some you know, not not the best, or maybe the direction hasn't got the best performances out of these characters. So that that for me and maybe that's being Australian when I see an Australian Yeah, yeah, like (laughs) well even like Joel Edrington, he might do a great job as Owen Lars. Yeah. But he, I know him from like Water Rats or something, yeah. you know. Like, so I just look at that and I go, "Why have you got like an Aussie Why in a Star is Jake Wars the universe Moss wearing a yeah, that's stormtrooper outfit?" like Once, outfit, once right? the warrior, you know, like yeah. great in that, and maybe did a good role in that, but that's just weird in Star Wars. Yeah. Should he have a New Zealand accent in Star Wars? It's just, or like a very yeah. close to an Aussie accent. Yeah, yeah. It, it spoils some of the magic for yeah. me. But um, it,
4: but also like. Like with Boba Fett, less is more sometimes. So Boba Fett yeah. was screen time. What was he like? Five minutes. He got four famous minutes because he didn't know stuff in about the original it. Yeah. F- four to six.
1: But maybe that's the point here.
4: And, that, then, yeah. and then we're stretching out this whole backstory yeah. and like, oh, maybe he wasn't as cool as we thought he was. But that's
1: uh, maybe that's maybe that's the point. Like, mm. take all that out of it and just do it as a show. Yeah, it's still a good show. Mm. I think that's the point here. I, I would like. I still think to that that show, and there's just. Things in there like the characterization of how he was to try to take over Jubber's um, empire and he was sort of running it. And, and there was like this gangster element. And you compare that gangster, like at, at its heart, say like crime boss type mm. story. You compare the level of depth of, of that, you know, running an empire and the sorts of issues you come up with. And you compare it to something like The Sopranos or The Godfather or any of those brilliant gangster kind of Mm. and they're these deep rich and they're they're jostling for power this was just like to me written superficially right like a gangster story in a in a star wars universe so that it's a really superficial Mm. story and so i couldn't buy into the characters or what they were doing or any of the kind of the motives and then like you know riding a rancor and, and that, that, that weird that cool. speeder chase.
4: <laughs> I like the rancor. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool. I know, I know. I know what you're getting at.
3: Yeah. Uh, but,
2: I mean, to go back to Brett's original point, Star Wars is amazing, full stop. Get off your effing high horse trend. Like, I, but this is how I... I, I, know, like, I get I know.
1: I get, <laughs> I get it and it can sound like, you know, I don't uh, like toxic fan okay, base yeah. and all that, and I but, think
2: that's what the first part of that is aimed at, right? It's just saying, just enjoy it. If, and, if you don't like it, fine. Don't need to ruin it for other people just because you like four, five, and six. Sure. And don't like one, two, and three. Shut up. Like, mm. don't, don't. But at the same time, for no reason. like, I, I pay my
1: money to Disney Plus, hmm. right? I'm a subscriber. I consume the content. I don't think I should just have to be be happy with things that are not of the quality they should be. Yeah. I think okay. I can, as a consumer who pays for this product, I can sort of say, look, I, I paid for Disney+. Plus. Mm. I, I, th- I think maybe you could have done a bit better with this if you'd, you know, maybe spent a bit more time on coming up with like a, a coherent yep. story across... And I think, episodes. I think it's yeah. And, and I, I would be very diplomatic
2: about it. I'm, I'm yeah, not going sh- to. I don't want to shit on it. That's the difference. is uh, you've got these people who love to hate and, and yeah. write the nasty but comments. And if you've got yeah. critiques on it, that's fine. That's your right as a consumer, as a paying you know, you're allowed to critique on it. I, I don't think that as much as I made that sort of yeah. joke. That yeah. that bit is not aimed at some people like you. That that one is for the you know, the, as you said, the toxic Star Wars fan base that's unfortunately become known for is just saying, just everybody chill.
1: Yeah. And look, and, and I have at at all levels enjoyed, at some level, enjoyed every Star Wars content they've put out. There's been bits that I've just gone, wow. You yeah. know, that's got, like you've gone, he's riding a rancor. Visually, how cool, you yeah. know. Um, So the, every I think everything they've put out has those moments. And I've loved stuff. That other people haven't really loved. Like mm. I loved Ahsoka, and then I heard other reactions where people go, it "Wasn't for me. It yeah, felt yeah. like it was generic, or all these sorts of things." And and that's I'm I'm fine. They mm. they can enjoy that how they enjoyed it, and I can just love it and go. This was my perfect story, and and. Happy to pay Disney Plus my my hundred and twenty bucks to to get that. Yep, more than happy.
2: And then see what else comes out yeah. next, and we'll have this discussion all over again. But I agree that last point, it can't
1: all be Darth Vader chopping his son's head off. Yeah, it shouldn't be all about that. Yep. tell the tell the stories. Yep, Agree. That's it. Done. Oh, we've got um quickly. What's the next slide? Sorry, I, I oh, saw that. Are we? Do, are we'll, We, on, we might, might skip that, yeah, yeah. but I, we do have some shout outs. Do we have a shout out? Did you want to do a shout-out? Did I? Casey. So Were we going to do a Casey shout-out? Or we can leave oh, that maybe to the next one. Uh, While you're thinking of that, I just do want to do a quick shout-out to Matt Teal for passing on a Glenn Puck special case that fits the uh, the Superpowers figures. So Ben delivered that to me tonight, courtesy of Matt. Thank you very much, Matt. I'm going to go through and uh, and find see if I can find something. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure the third person to see yeah. if I can find something to fit that. But... Um, superpowers should do nicely.
2: Yeah, so uh, a long time fan of ours, uh, Casey uh, Hancock. He is—he's uh, actually <laughs> one of the, the the few crossover people I encounter in both my shows, both this and the Hammerbar Project. Fantastic. He follows us on that and contacts us with Bluey-related stuff as well. But he said he was re- recently listening to Toy Power three three five and talking about. How we've reduced space on our shelves or as opposed to just filling them up for or sorry, reduced the items on our shelves rather than just filling them up for the sake of of filling them up. And he basically tells a story of how he ended up giving about a quarter of his collection to a friend because they had kids and they just they needed stuff. You know, they're in the Philippines, so he had to ship it over there. Um he's really tried to, you know, narrow down his collection and has now um gone down the path of the hot wheels and he goes look it's just so easy to pick up yeah there's two dollars whatever you don't have to have a a super investment there's no lore or character type stuff to to really get into um yeah and, and this all came through at like some ungodly hour of the morning and he at the end goes apologies for the rant you know graveyard shift thoughts mm. in, in brackets so no I appreciate you reaching out Casey like it's always wonderful to hear these sorts of rationales and, and how people have sort of heard what we've said and, and applied that to their own own collection and life we're not suggesting everyone give away a quarter of their collections or any of that but you know if sometimes it is good to we have the what is it state of the nation that we do where yeah, we, sort of we really delve into it and just go where are we at are you actually enjoying what you're doing or are you buying stuff just because that's the the pattern you have fallen into so by all means you know live within your means and but also assess what you do and, and be a realist about yeah, it yeah so. just on that i mean I, I
1: have a lot of these sort of conversations with trent barrett yeah um patreon as well he's actually flying into adelaide tomorrow so we're, oh, gonna ca- nice. we're gonna catch up um but but we have these sort of more philosophical style of yep. questions and he's always saying you got to write a book about your you know, your collecting journey and how how it's impacted kind of your everyday life as well. Um, And I think that's just a really interesting thing to kind of always reflect on. Um, So, yeah, always happy to take thoughts on that. That's it. Thank you, gentlemen. And thanks everyone for submitting those hot takes. Um, Yeah always interesting, like always good to get those thoughts. I know, I feel like some of them were there to stir the pot a little bit.
2: I I think the previous weeks was about turtle stuff was uh, very, very pointed, but yeah. I think it was, but that's always good. (laughs) It's good fun. fun. Yeah, we
1: love it. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another episode of Toy Power and to all our patrons, thank you for your ongoing support and chatter on the Discord. We hope you stay safe, take care of one another and we will see you around the Toy aisles.
4: And until next time,
3: Good journey.
2: you can find the toy power team at all the usual online places facebook.com slash toy power podcast at toy power podcast on both twitter and instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both itunes and stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume
3: we're awesome <laughs>